What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. And this week, we have a great one for you guys. We have Felix Minjares. He is from Riverside, California, and went to Rubido High School, and then eventually Redlands in Redlands, California, a Division Three school in the Skyac Conference. And I have faced Felix a number of times in my college career, and he was one of the best college pitchers that I ever faced. And that was why he got picked up uh, as a senior signed free agent by the San Diego Padres. And I'm excited to see what what his what his career has for him moving forward. But guys, we we talk about something bigger than baseball here in this podcast. We talk about using your resources to to get where you want to be. And Felix talks a great bit about that. And this is one that you're going to want to listen to with your friends, with your parents. You're going to want to listen to this multiple times because Felix had a bunch of good stuff in this episode. So let's go. Felix, thanks for coming on the podcast with I'm, us. How are you doing? How are you guys? Doing well. We're doing well. Um, I just want to basically start off, you know, I, I played against you for three years. Joe played against you for two years. Clearly one of the best pitchers that we that we ever faced in the Skyac. But how – you're with the Padres now, so obviously you have the stuff. But how did you get to a D3 Redlands? Um, I got to Redlands – from pretty much going to a high school that didn't really get a lot of guys out of their, you know, region and whatnot. Um, Rubido High School in Southern California didn't really have a lot of recruiting going on with colleges and all that. Um, I actually got a pretty cool opportunity to play for a scout ball team in Ranch Cucamonga. And that team basically let me play in tournaments for free and they just needed guys on the weekend. So I kind of just filled in whenever they needed some kind of like a uh, two inning guy or whatever. And uh, coach Holly from the university of Redlands ended up seeing me and um, jumped on the opportunity and I jumped on that opportunity and here we are now. Right. And Felix, let's, I want to talk more about your high school team. You know, you mentioned that there it wasn't necessarily the most competitive team or was getting guys out there. Do you think, I guess, that culture, um, do you think that made it a lot more difficult in terms of, you know, like having the vision to to even think about college, playing college baseball? Uh, I always knew I wanted to play college baseball. That was never really out of the question for me, even though I did come – from a place that didn't really put guys out that much, I guess ignorance was bliss in a sense. Like I was just going to make the most of my opportunity and do whatever I could uh, to get out. I, I wanted to be a hitter in college actually. And I, I played a little third base and caught a little bit. So I came in as a two way guy that didn't work out very well, but <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, having other good high schools in the area, uh, they were definitely getting guys out. And I, I knew what was going on. I knew that I probably would have had a, better chance at doing all that if I went to a different high school but you know I worked well with what I had and I had good friends and I still had a good work ethic regardless of you know the people I was surrounded by um at one point my dad helped me out my my parents well my parents really helped me out and building a net in the backyard and 
building a tee out of PVC pipe and uh, a little vacuum hose, like cutting it off and duct taping it to the freaking uh, to the little PVC pipe and just hitting in the backyard for hours, man. Like it was it was a routine that I had. I never really went to parties in high school or anything. You know, I didn't really have that big of a social group. I did during the day at school, but, you know, at night it was just backyard, turn the light on and play some music and just hit back there forever. Um, so. I think I think I was just kind of ignorant to the whole thing. Like I was going to do whatever I could to just get out. I so when you said that a lot of people coming out of Rubido didn't go play college baseball, was that just because lack of baseball players in general or lack of exposure, lack of resources? I mean, what like what do you think kind of led led into that just the area or what? Uh definitely the high schools being built in the area. So Patriot high school came around in 2008 and they kind of just took over all the players because all the kids from Rubido had to transfer to Patriot because they were going to renovate Rubido right after they built Patriot. Well, all the kids from Patriot that ended up transferring never came back. So Rubido became this place where it was just kind of like the lower end high school in the area. And it really built back up over the years. Um, but they definitely took a hit when uh, all those all those kids started going to like Kyle Skipworth got drafted in 2008, and he was a Rubido kid before uh, going to Patriot. So it, it's just it's the luck of the draw with with this area, man. Um, it's kind of unfortunate. I have a lot of friends that could have played college ball for sure. I, I can probably name six off the top of my head right now, um, but nobody was really going to college right out of high school that. Um, I played baseball with uh, most of them just worked and did what they had to do. Uh, some of them went to the fire Academy, but uh, none of them really even thought about college. I think let alone like college baseball. So it was a weird dynamic for me because I knew that I wanted to play. Right. And, and Felix, how much of, you know, like you seem so set on the goal of playing college ball. How much was of that was from your parents as well? Uh, all of it, pretty much. I had a mom that was just a go-getter, and she always had a good attitude. She had a smile on her face, a chip on her shoulder. She didn't graduate college, but she worked her way up through uh, County Riverside, and she's just a grinder, man. So we uh, we wanted to make her proud, and you know, I think, I think we have up to this point. Um, but I think a huge advantage that I had was my parents aren't from Rubido. They're from outside places. My mom born in Hawaii, grew up in Kentucky. Uh, and my dad, um, from Mexico come into the States when he was about six and then living in Linwood, which is LA coming to Mira Loma, which is, uh, I think Riverside County. Um, they're not from there, so they know what it's like to bounce around and, go and chase something and do all that. And I think it's a big disadvantage for kids that are from Rubido, whose parents are from Rubido, who their parents are from Rubido. You know, those people never leave. They, they only know one place. And for me, that just wasn't the case. So I think that was a little bit of an advantage for me. Was, do you think just because your, your parents, like, like you just said, they kind of had seen, like they'd kind of been outside before coming into Rubido. I mean, did you notice a difference between kind of your environment and your upbringing 
growing up but especially during high school and like the recruiting process versus like some of your friends that you were playing ball with 100 percent, 100 percent. because um my family my parents and and i were usually bringing the kids to our house to come hit and whatnot and i'm, I'm doing all this stuff on my own anyway but um you know I, we're trying to bring people our, to to our environment and see you know if they can hop on board with all that but um yeah i think i think that uh they did a good job of just being welcoming and um giving me the attitude that i have now pretty much felix did you go to like showcases in in high school and i know you mentioned the the scout team or travel team but yeah so how i how i got hooked up with them was i had a hitting coach in high school that started working with me my sophomore year uh, I never played travel ball or scout ball or anything. I played in my local group and national little league plays forever until the fall of my senior year of high school. And that hitting coach played with a guy in pro ball, I think in the Marlins organization, maybe, or maybe it was the Rockies. Uh, it doesn't matter, but they basically hooked me up with uh, that spot for free and they didn't have a lot of upperclassmen. So most of the kids that were seniors in the area or whatever, they, uh, they had already signed or had already been talking to colleges. They didn't need to go play scout ball and all that. And so for me, I was an older guy. So they kind of wanted a, a captain type of type of leader to get the younger sophomores, freshmen, all those guys on board with what it's like to, you know, show up with a good attitude, uh, work your butt off and, try and get somewhere you know and so for for me that that was a blessing having my hitting coach hook me up with that guy and for them to you know throw a jersey on my back and say hey man just come out and play because that set up all the opportunity all like all together um so yeah very fortunate for that that you you said something interesting there that i want to go a little deeper on um because you said they they let you play there for free um and that was kind of how you found your route to redlands so i want to would that have been an opportunity that you think that you would have been able to pursue if you had to pay for it or vice versa i mean people who can't afford these showcases and stuff like that i mean yeah there was no way there was no way uh yeah we had a at the time um due to the circumstances uh the economy being what it was we had a single income uh, household uh, with five, I think we had five or six people in the house and it was just a mess, man. Like we, we weren't going to spend that kind of money on going to play travel ball. Uh, but it worked, it worked out. I, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't go play for that team. I guess I would have went to a JC and it probably would have worked out anyway. You know, I'm not going to lie, but um opportunities like this don't come around all the time and the fact that they did under the circumstances that I was in was crazy now looking back on it it, at the time it was so normal it was oh I just want to play and you know I'm going to go play and I was grateful for everything but now looking really Mm -hmm. looking back on it it's it's really mind-blowing all right when you see like I know I I think we got into it in another one of our episodes where I forget which guy it was, but they're like, you know, like so many of these showcases are a money grab for people. And, oh, and no they doubt. are. And they are, definitely. But, but you know, even, even our pitching coach at Chapman, he almost is like, you know, I don't really want to be a part of it because I don't think it's the way baseball should be. Like kids shouldn't have to pay to play anymore 
or shouldn't have to pay to get recruited. Like that's just the wrong way of doing it. But you know, it's, it's something you can't really change right now. And it is what it is, but well, especially with all the social media stuff going on. I mean, you have so you have ac free access to so many coaches and platforms now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I agree a hundred percent. I think that, um, I think that it's way overpriced in, in my opinion, not to throw any of these travel organizations under the bus or anything, but uh, I know they need to keep up field maintenance and they need to pay themselves a little bit, but it gets to be pretty outrageous. And I know that some relationships have been lost over that kind of stuff, you know, money, yeah. money is a big thing and it, it kind of tears people apart at times. But if we get a system that, you know, we can just work together and find a happy medium where everyone can kind of, uh, maintain a position on the team and all that, it'd be a lot better. Right. And, and it's a simple fact of just money runs the world, no matter how you kind of look at it, especially in America. But I mean, Felix, did you, were you actively like take, did you have video of yourself in high school? Were you emailing coaches or were you kind of just under the impression, like, I'm just going to let, you know, like my game, like, play for itself and hopefully I get looked at. Were you actively like advertising yourself in high school or was it just kind of the scout team? So my um, first three years I did, I did nothing that had to do with recruiting besides going to like one camp. And I went to a UCR okay. camp. Um, I wasn't necessarily developed yet. And I, I didn't really have the best skill set at the time. Um, that kind of came with me growing a little bit and all that. Uh, but it wasn't really till I got to that scout team where I met a coach named Kenner Capono who helped me tremendously to get recruited. He took video of me. Um, we always worked, uh, individually. He, he really, I'm telling you guys, like I had people in my life that really wanted me to go somewhere being the hitting coach, uh, the scout team. And then now this guy with the recruiting service that he holds it's his own little business deal and he sent out so many emails he said he had to have sent out at least 600 emails just to different coaches across the country and so i was getting emails all the time after this point because he made a little account on this little platform and he he gave me a huge discount and all this stuff i don't know why all these people do this for me but you know it's the reason i am where i am today well and i think yeah, I mean, there's there's people that come into our lives, whether it be baseball, whether it be life in general, that you can really lean on and you can get advice, you can get mentorship, whatever it be. So don't be afraid to to reach out to those people. But I think that was huge. What you just said is that email is such a good way to get exposure if you can't afford to go to these camps, these showcases, these tournaments, because you have access to so many coaches just from one click away. Um, but kind of in, in that same breath, I mean, so you, you go to Redlands and you, you thought maybe that JC looking back now might've been a better, could have been a better situation for you. Uh, was that just because development maturity wise, I mean, did money play into a big factor of you going straight to Redlands? I mean, let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the whole JC thing, I didn't know how good Riverside community was at baseball. And that school is only two minutes from my house. So I could have easily went there for a year or two and tried to go D1 and all that. But I didn't know at the time what all that was. You know, if you if you went to a JC 
I thought that you were, you know, oh man, you weren't good enough to play in the NCAA or, you know, you weren't, you weren't really good enough to do all that. So I, I really had a just lack of understanding of what the baseball system looked like at the time. Um, but financially Redlands helped me out a lot. Uh, I got into Redlands pretty early. Um, I was able to get some kind of early admission notice that I was going to get in and they do the little calculator online of how much you're going to get. And being from a single income household, uh, you know, D3 doesn't give out scholarships and all that, but I had decent grades mm-hmm. in high school. So I looked at all my numbers and it just made sense, man. I wasn't going to pay a lot to go to this super nice school and get a good education and all that. And I was going to be able to play baseball and I was going to be able to play right away. And so for me, that decision wasn't necessarily very hard. Um, at first, it was just a matter of getting into school because I didn't really know what other offers I was going to have. So I think I committed pretty early. Um, based on when I started talking to them to when I actually committed. Uh, but yes, money definitely played a factor. And to what you said about email, yes, email is very important. If you could just get some video on yourself and market yourself, raise your stock a little bit, like you're already holding a note. You might as well just send out your video to somebody. Mm-hmm. Holly gets emails all the time. And you'd be surprised at how many kids you know he wants to talk to and wants to reach out to based on like one swing that he saw or, you know, a skill set, or, you know, this kid has maybe three tools and can develop a fourth. You never know. So set yourself up for success in that way. Don't be afraid to reach out and just say the right words. Yeah, absolutely. And I know coach lab at Chapman is the same exact way. Like they get so many emails with video and it's just such a good way. Like they look at all of them too. I don't think people realize that like they do go look through all of them. Absolutely. Um, I think they're usually pretty good about about responding, but at the same time, like I think kids have to realize, like when a coach is getting so many emails, like it's so hard to get back to everyone. Like they can't take it personally, and I think that's a, a that's a big aspect of of you know like putting yourself out there for email. It's like, what if this coach doesn't respond? And and kind of like you mentioned, like if you don't if you don't send it out, you're never gonna know, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. I think that's a huge thing, but Felix, I, I do want to go into, into the whole money thing even more, especially at the D3 level. I think there's this misconception of, you know, D3 doesn't have athletic scholarships and, you know, I, I like Jared and I obviously went to Chapman and very expensive school, but it's kind of the same deal where, you know, it's not like we, we didn't, Jared and I both didn't pay the full $60,000 it is for tuition or whatever, right? Like there's a whole process into it of, you know, like I had good grades in high school you know, you hopefully you qualify for some academic scholarships, but there's it's also filling out the FAFSA, right? And I think yes. Nolan um, Nolan mentioned this last time, and we haven't gotten into this um, enough at all. But this is something that I don't think a lot of people know. Where even if you can, if you have a school you like, and and you can apply to it, um, and fill out the FAFSA and and wait to see how much money you're getting. Like it can open up so many different routes instead of just crossing it off because you see, oh, that school's fifty thousand or sixty thousand dollars. Like there's no way. Hundred percent. And for me, D three was very unattractive in that they didn't have athletic scholarships because money played probably the biggest factor in decision making on what school I was going to go to. And by the time we went through all that process. 
uh, it kind of just fell into my lap. I saw that I was going to get, you know, a ton of money for this school. I wasn't going to live on campus because it was close enough to my house and I could just get by and do what I could to, to pay for college. And, uh, they, they really helped me out. Uh, they do a really good job now with low income students, first generation students. There's so many resources out there. And if you can just learn how to use your resources, you're going to set yourself up so much better. You can't be afraid to reach out. And that's the whole point of the email thing. Learn how to use your resources. Learn the right people to talk to, the, the, the right steps to take. You know, your guidance counselors in high school, like, they want to help you if you're going to go in and ask. You know, you can fill out the FAFSA really easy and get a ton of money. Why mm-hmm. not do that? You can apply for a bunch of scholarships at school. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know this. I could have applied for a scholarship in Hispanic, and I didn't. And that would have been an extra, I don't know, five grand that I could have put towards school. So figuring out all that stuff is really where it's at. But you got to be proactive about it. Right. And I think this is something like coaches know this stuff, too. Like coaches understand that college is getting absurdly expensive. Right. So we see all these kids committing really early. And it's like, you know, they, they you know, they're they can pay for it, all this stuff. They have most of the scholarship money figured out, whatever. But on the other hand, that people don't know is like there are a lot of kids who commit late regardless of the level. And it's because they're waiting to see how much money they get at whatever school it is. Right. Because if you think even at the division one level, it's like, OK, like you have eleven point seven athletic scholarships for a thirty five man roster. Right. And it's not like you're getting a full scholarship for everywhere. Right. So it's like some some schools are going to do like, you know, some athletic money and some academic money. And like families need to know how much they're getting off like getting off of the full tuition before they before they can really commit to a school and know if it'll work out for them absolutely Uh, and that's what i did and once i saw that revens was going to pay for most of it i no hesitation it was a yeah i'll I'll go there Mm -hmm. it's uh i love what we've been talking about regarding resources um because yeah i agree i mean it was i mean my parents went to college but FAFSA was whole a whole new ball game for them. No, none of us really knew how to. And I had a, I had an older sister who was already in college, and even still, like we were just had no idea what we were doing, whether it be scholarships, whether it be applications, whether it be the recruiting process. And so, Felix, I'm curious who who because you you were you're a first generation college college student. I mean, who who or what did you get information and lean on resources from not 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 even just the baseball side of it but just like application wise and fafsa and all that stuff so my guidance counselor in high school was very active with me in uh going to college and all that they were very active with most of the advanced placement students um that were taking the steps to try and go to college my mom went to a semester of college and ran out of money and then could not go anymore so she paid for classes every week so she would just as you go keep paying she went to ucr for about three months and uh, my guidance counselor really just took it upon herself to be like you need to fill out this you need to... she called me in her office all the time you need to do this you need to get ready to pay to apply for schools and all this you get two free ones or whatever it was and 
she just did a really good job. And then once my mom fell on board with doing all the research with me um, from the information I got from my guidance counselor, it was really just um, easy to go from there. Another person that really helped was that uh, recruiting service guy, Kenner Capono, that I just told you about from that scout team. He took it even further in looking at scholarships, looking at the Cal Grant, looking at sending out video and email, looking at the FAFSA again, making sure we're getting good grades. You know, you need a 4.0 this semester in order to do this and to get more money and all that. And it was Mm -hmm. just it was all very late and it was was all very exciting. And uh, those people really just, like I said, wanted to see me succeed. So they took it upon themselves to make sure I had the right information. Felix, do you think that if more kids in your area knew the information that you knew, like your, your senior year of, you know, like the importance of grades and, you know, there are ways to make college affordable and just like there are ways to advertise yourself from the baseball aspect. Do you think there'd be more kids coming out of your area um, and playing college ball? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think a huge advantage I had was that I always talk to everybody. And so I'm very extroverted in that way. And so we get to talking about something and we just keep rolling. And I can't say that for every kid that I played with and they're not going to get the information if they don't go out and get it. And that's the thing is back to what we're talking about using your resources, understanding who has the right information and taking it for yourself. Um, but you gotta, you gotta go seek that information, I guess. And I guess that's part of the, um, part of the part of having, you know, adult conversations and going out and, um, trying, trying to take a step forward. Well, and, and I think, I, I, I mean, I agree the, the resources are out there. They might not be like a Google search and one click away. I mean, it's going to take some time. You gotta, you kind of got to dig in and, and find that stuff. But again, it's, and Felix, this is, this is, uh, this is my question for you is it was, was, were your parents wanting it more for you or were you kind of driven in the sense of I'm going to do all of this because I know that I want to play college baseball. And you kind of realize that you might've been behind the eight ball, whether it be where you were from or that you started the process late. I mean, how was that mentality for you? My parents were very supportive in the sense that they wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, I seriously considered the military coming out of high school. If I didn't get any looks for baseball, I was not really planning to go to college right away. I would have eventually went to college. Um, That's just the kind of guy that I was raised to be. But the Navy was a serious option. So at that point, my mom and dad uh, sat down with me and had a conversation. And we really just developed this you know, what do you want to do? And I really wanted to play college baseball. And that's when all that stuff started with the PVC pipe and building the net in the backyard and all the training and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say it was mostly me, um, but they played their role in supporting me to their best ability. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about setting that goal. And it's, it's crazy when you look back, I think for just listening to this story and then relating it to mine and Jared's, you know, like we all had this goal of playing college baseball and the way things worked out, you know, like some of it's almost 
like you it can't be explained right like felix you said you know i don't know why all these people were helping me out but it's it's i think there's something to be said about someone who just wants something enough when when regardless of who it is when you know i look at a, a high school kid now or you know parents look at people our age who are getting into the business world and just trying to make a name for themselves and get a living it's it's what the people who who work for it and and want it they're going to want to these are they they want to help you out um and i think there's just so much power in that and really you know creating your own luck in that sense um but felix is there uh, this is our last question is there any other advice you'd give to maybe a young feel like a 15 year old Felix that like something, you know, now that you wish you knew back then. Um, yeah, I, I just based off what you just said about, um, you know, people wanted to help me out and all that. And me not knowing why I think I was so hungry as a teenager for success. I was so hungry to get out of that place that, you know, it's not a terrible place, but I, I did not want to get stuck there like all my friends, parents and, you know, some of my friends. Um, so I'd say stay, stay hungry, man. Stay freaking hungry and go work hard. Hard work trumps all. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Um, but also figure out who your best resources are and go in, treat them good and use them. Use them. It, it's nobody cares you know because if you make it then they helped you use your resources seek them out be proactive dude felix this i don't think you realize i don't think even we realize how helpful this is going to be to either high school players their parents i mean this is i think this is an episode that a lot of people are going to listen to multiple times so dude this was this was awesome Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Guys, welcome back. That that was awesome. Like like we said, that was one of the most helpful podcasts that we think that we recorded so far. And thank you guys for for tuning in and listening to that and you know, if you if you found something that was helpful for you or you know someone that might benefit from this, share this episode with them. This could help so many people um, moving forward in their in their college career, their college recruiting journey, or even just getting to college in general, if that's where they want to be. But you guys, we this is the type of stuff that we want to get to you guys. Just helpful content that can just even minimally improve your your process in the recruiting journey or even getting to college. So if you if you liked this episode, come back and see us next week. We we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're really wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this, share it, leave us a review. I mean, this is this is for you guys. And we we are on all the social media platforms. So give us a follow on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we have a great website at officialvisitpod.com. We're bringing you blogs. We're bringing you resources. And you can even shoot us an email on there if you want to tell us what you guys want to hear or you want to hear about a certain school. So until next time, guys, we'll see you in the next episode.